And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone, and it is the new year, and we're ready to go. There's so much to talk about. We've got Fighter of the Year and all those types of awards to talk about, because that's what we're going to do today, I think, I hope. But my man Josh Thompson is sitting there with a large eye on his chest because he is a minion, a simple-minded, blubbering idiot minion. <laughs> What's up, dude? Oh, well played, my man. Well Thank played. You. Thank you. You know, I, this is what I represent right here, these little minions right here. I just nap at you and get at you and just That's bug on it. you until eventually you break. You break and then I win. That's just how this works. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wayne In Podcast. Yes. I'm so glad. This is 2023. I know we did a show already, but guess what? John and I were a little, I don't want to say hungover, but we were just, he was jet lagged. We were this and that, flight stuff, all these things. But guess what? John came fully revived, pre-off show, was giving us the business, <laughs> podcast Dave and myself. So you guys are in store for one hell of a show today. Look, let's have some fun with this. We're going to get into, look, I know we were supposed to talk about fighter awards and all these other things that everyone else was doing prematurely because they all had premature ejaculations. That's what they were doing. Is they were all talking about them first when there were still shows left in the year to talk about. How yeah, do you well, know you have the best How do you fight? know that the best fight has, has occurred? Exactly. Maybe it's coming up. Exactly. So look, we like to give it to you guys in real time, real authentic uh, awards. And that's what we're going to do today. So. John, do yes. you want to take away? Do you want to take this away, or should we let podcast podcast Dave lead this? You know what? It's twenty twenty three. We got to bring podcast Dave into this a little bit. Are Come you on. sure? People don't. We understand need what we he need says. a little bit of Scottish flair. Come on, oh, laddies. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh, come on, laddie. I love it. Let's well, go. We all know podcast producer of the year. We know where that goes. That's how four. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, right, right to wow. Joe Rogan's Jamie. Got it. Yep, Let's go yep. on now. So we can skip right over that one, and we can just go right. To, uh, first, we're going to start with Male Fighter of the Year, and uh, I'm going to kick it over to the man himself, Josh Thompson, to give us his Male Fighter of the Year. Yeah, my Male Fighter of the Year is Alex Bahia. What? I'm. Yep, that's my what? guy. That's my guy no. for Male Fighter of the Year. Absolutely. No. Really? Yeah. John, I'm I'm surprised that you seem so shocked since I texted to you beforehand. <laughs> I just want to make sure. No, I absolutely believe it. Look, coming off of, obviously to me, look, him. Wait, let me explain it to you. Yeah, I apologize. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, 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 no. I want him to explain this to me. Go ahead. Explain this you to are, me. You are right. Sorry, I was no, thinking, no, no, I think, no. Explain uh, this no, to no, me. No, no, no. no, no. Actually, Josh you know what? Me, wait, Josh, wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait. You know what? I may actually change it to him. You texted it over I to me, actually, though? Is that what the fuck you just said? Well, it's on, it's on the group text. It's on the yeah. group text. Josh did have Alex in a different category. I so, did have Alex um, in a different category. Was, I yes. did have him. Yes, I did. Yes. But you were they're, absolutely... They're, they're kind of similar. You are absolutely right for putting Alex Perea in as fighter of the yes. year. Yes. You're totally right. Yeah. Because... I, is that what you did? That's I my guy. I didn't read yours either. <laughs> I didn't read your fighter of the year either. Oh, that's great. Uh, okay, then look, I'm going to let you go ahead and talk on Alex. 
I'll need talking to Alex because my original pick because I had Alex. What did I have Alex for? Then I had him for a knockout. Not, well, let's not let's not give the let's category. Let's, let's, we can't go in there. Okay, okay. Look, let's go with me, your guy, and then I'll explain why okay. you're wrong, and my guy Alex Pereira is the okay. real fighter okay. of the year. Okay. So I went with I went with Sean O'Malley for fight of the year. Exactly. Oh, okay. Now I know how close his fight was, and a lot of people thought he lost that fight. I also look at it too that when I look at Sean O'Malley, I look at. There was so much hype and so much steam around him. Now, there was a lot around Alex as well, but not anywhere near the level of which uh, Sugar Sean gets. Sugar Sean gets so much hype, so much press, so many people with that are trying with the with a target on his back that are trying to fight him, that want to fight him. People calling him out. No one's calling Alex Bahia out. The only person they really wanted to which get tells Alex you Bahia. that he's the better fighter oh, because no geez. one wants to fight him. Yeah, that's not that's not what it tells me, John. It tells me that everyone wants to clout chase. That's what they want to do. <laughs> Alex Bahia didn't have didn't have doesn't have that talking piece. Doesn't have that aura about him that Sean O'Malley has. Now I know you can people can say what they what about his fight. I saw a lot about him in that fight. He took some big shots. He delivered some big shots. I agree with he you. Did a lot of good things. However, you feel about the controversy of the decision, which I, I honestly I even said that night. I thought I thought that he lost the fight, but I will say this: in wrapping this all up with him, he is showed me everything in terms of his ability to take a shot, deliver a shot, to take damage, to to take the fight wherever it took, wherever it went, and was able to fight anywhere against someone like a Peter Yawn, who was the former champion, who a lot of people feared for a long time up until his last two losses to Aljo. A lot of people still fear him, but I'm simply saying that he. With the target on his back, fought so damn well, yeah. and he went from being ranked number twelve or thirteen to jumping right into that number three spot. That's a huge, huge deal. It wasn't like he worked his way up the rankings. He said, "Nah, I'll take that one." After he got paid, by the way, very smart in the way he handled his contract. Very smart in the way he handled himself, even in the post-fight interview, and the way he handled himself afterwards. All of those things, I give my fight of the year to him. Okay. And I'm now I'm just going to explain to you, and I, I I love your fighter of the year as a fighter, but there's no way that he's fighter of the year because gotcha. you can't you can't well you can't be fighter of the year if you had one no contest and one split decision victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that really kind of takes it away. But if you take a look at what Alex Pereja did in 2022, he had three fights, three fights. In 2022, mm -hmm. all of them finishes each one of them. All right. You're talking about guys that he took on. And this is a guy with a record of now seven and one. But at the start of the year there, he was four and one. Okay. Right. Four and not, one. He take not all three were finishes. Just two. Bullshit. Didn't he? No, oh, he didn't finish he Bruno Silva. Okay. I'm sorry. No. But he beat Bruno Silva, who is like 25 and five or yeah, something yeah. like that. I don't yeah. know. Then he knocks out Sean Strickland. <laughs> In a big fight, a fight that everyone is looking towards, whoever gets that is going to get the man in Izzy Adesanya, and he does, and look, he's losing it, and he fucking bites down on the mouthpiece as I'm going after you. He does it. He gets rid of him. That right there tells me three victories in 2022. Two of them, you're right, stoppages. The Silva fight was a, a decision, but man, you got to give it to him. Especially with how much now I know he's got a ton of experience in kickboxing. It's still different with the experience that he had. Super impressive. That would yeah. be my man, 
as fighter of the year. Yeah, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I was actually going to say exactly what you said. The way he came <laughs> up in terms of no, yeah. in terms of like <clears throat> everyone knew he had good kickboxing. Yeah. And everyone, but for him to make the change in the in the MMA, and now the UFC did work around him being just a stand up guy. Absolutely. They didn't give absolutely. They didn't go around giving him wrestlers to make That's him right. look bad. The same thing they did with Connor. The same thing they've done with other fighters. Yep. They they did that. Now, he, what the other thing with him was that he did a great job of getting those fighters out of there when he was in there. It wasn't like he drug it out. Now you know, in terms of the Silva fight, the guy was tough. They yeah. took they they was a scrap back and forth. It was a great fight. Yeah. And then with his Strickland fight, he went out there and did what he did. And then in that comeback fight against Izzy, he did he did what champions are supposed to do. He didn't let it go the distance. He said, "I'm going to get him out of there." He went out there and laid it all on the line and got him and got him out of there. That that is somebody with what six fights, six MMA fights, seven, eight, eight At fights. At the time, so, yeah. yeah, eight. Yeah. So he's got he's seven and one right now. Yeah, all of his wins in the UFC, majority of them all finishes. I mean, he is definitely. I would I would I would have to agree with you, man, and I would agree with you. I look at Sean though too. Is that Sean to me though didn't have didn't have like a, a hand picked road. He had some good had some hand picked fights, but he also too when he got to that when he got to that last fight. It was a tough fight, very tough fight. Like you, how, you're how very Alex impressed. Did. You're very impressed. Uh, the I'm fact very that impressed. He took on Peter Yan and fought the way he did. I look at the way he is. So he's young. What is he? 28. Yeah. Okay. He he lives like a lifestyle that just could people get you in a lot of trouble. Well, can it? Yeah. I want to know. Does he really live that lifestyle? Well, I don't, you know, it, it, okay. When I say lives the, I can't say that he lives that lifestyle. He plays it up. He has yes. fun, and that's okay. It's have fun. That's what you're supposed to. But you have I, to stay disciplined. Yeah, and that that those like look with the, the dyed hair, the the that's the okay. Tats, Who cares? I, I I understand all that, but all those things take time. All those things take planning. All those things take you away from you working on your craft. And I know it seems very small, but look, I used to dye my hair a long time. I'd be in the chair for eight to ten hours. That's how Ooh. long it takes. That's a day you're not training. Now I know you get it dyed closer to the fight, and you're really rest timing. You take you're taking your rest, but all those tats too. He didn't have all those tats. When he was on the uh, on the what was it the Dana White? Uh, yeah, the he, had, he, had that, he had that big chest hat. He did. No, he didn't. I thought nope. he did. No, he, well, he didn't hold have on. That. He did have a chest hat. It may not have been as as big, big as, as it is colorful. Now. Yeah, he's had it. I, I, had it filled. I, I don't in. recall. I don't recall him having that yeah. when he was on the. On I don't the, recall like on the, the one he has on it on his side here, the stomach yeah. area. He didn't have that before and stuff. But yeah. my point being is that it's a work in progress. Yeah, but he does a podcast. He does all these little things outside, which really a lot of times would take you away from being a better fighter. Yeah. And like I said, the target on his back, all these other fighters wanting to fight him, thinking that he's easy work, and he's no, not. He's not easy he work. Proved. He's proved now that he's not. Yeah, and no I was a little skeptical that. as well. So, but overall, I mean, I look at him. And I, I think the sky's the limit for him. He's got to put a little more muscle on and stuff. But aha, uh -huh, there he is. Ah, there it There's is. There's a picture he did have of him. On the side. It's not colored though. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's different too. Yeah, not colored. So he's filled it in. Yep. You know what? You that know what's funny win. is I may have got him mixed up with Chase Hooper. Look at, <laughs> look, at look at Chase Hooper's. Look at his photo. Look at Chase Hooper's photo on on them. If you can pull, I think oh, there was right one now. with Chase Hooper. Yeah, see, I think oh, I yeah. did get them mixed up. No, I can understand why. <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. man, I'm a total nut job. All right, but that was our that, that was our male fighter of the year. Male fighter yeah. of the year. 
Fighter of the Year can encompass not just performance, uh, improvements, uh, social media presence, press conference pre- pre- uh, presence, Ariel Hawani beefs. Like, it doesn't just <laughs> encompasses everything. So, uh, you know, I think, like, you know, from for Josh's standpoint, like, all the things he mentioned, um, I, I, like, are a tribute to that, <clears throat> that decision. All right, here yeah. we go. Female Fighter of the Year. Let's hop into Josh's pick here. Go ahead. Well, I'm glad you got the right picture up this time, Dave. Got me all confused last time. But look, obviously, to me, to me, it was Whaley Zhang. <clears throat> I think I'm going to go with her based on the fact that she had to go back to the drawing board after the Rose fights. And she went and trained with Henry Cejudo. She worked on her wrestling. She seems like more of a complete fighter, not just someone that's like a bulldog, just running through you. Just, I'm going to hit you with big shots. I'm going to take your shots and deliver it back. Had she, had she learned to fight this way, the first you want to fight, that first you want to fight wouldn't have been as close. And I think you've seen exactly where she is now, how the leaps and bounds that she's jumped since that little bit of time with Henry Cejudo and just her mindset and the way she looks at the game and visualizes it when she gets in the cage. I think she, I think the sky is the limit for her in terms of what she can do. I want to know how she ends up fighting Rose again when they when they end up getting together. I, I think the real question is, does she fight Rose again? Maybe, maybe not. I, and I understand. Look, she's the champ, mm-hmm. but. Do they set up the Valentina Shevchenko versus Weili Zhang fight? That's the one that I want to know because yeah. that really seems to be the one people are talking about the most. But I totally understand why you picked Weili. She had two big wins in 2022. The the Ioana fight, look, it was a devastating knockout, beautiful spinning back fist in a fight that was, you know, obviously a rematch of an incredible first fight. And, uh, the, the win against Carlos Sparza did everything she was supposed to look great. I am going with a different approach on this. And the, we, the reason I'm going with a different approach is I love when a veteran fighter is able to hang in there and show that they still improve and become even better. And my pick is Liz Carmouche. I know people are going to sit there and they're going to rag on it and I don't give a shit. I love what she did from... She only had the two fights, both against Juliana Velasquez in 2022. One was controversial as far as the ending on it. And she came back and showed how smart she is as a fighter, how good she is as a fighter, and had an outstanding performance where she dominated an outstanding fighter and got the submission victory and proved why she is the person that has been a pioneer in women's MMA, I think she deserves the title of being female fighter of the year. But I love your choice, but that's why I went with Liz Carmouche. Got it. Next. All right, let's hop into fight of the year, and we'll go to Josh's pick right over here. Here we go. Yeah, my fight of the year is going to be Yuri and Glover. I don't know if you went with this. I didn't see no, yours. And maybe I did I, not. I, you did text it over, but I mean, I went with it. And I think this look, is a great fight. You have to look at fight of the years is what they are. They're not the yeah. most technical. They're not no. the best. They're not the best fight. No, they they're are the, the best fun. Fight. They're the, the most fun fight. The most fun <laughs> exactly. fight. They're <laughs> not it. the most technical fight. They're not no. the most like. Never. Yeah. And so when it comes to this type of fight, this it's is the back I, and forth. I look at my fight. I look, not my fight. I look at my fight of the year as being the one that had me on the edge of the seat going, man, he got out of submission. Oh man, he did this. Oh man, he did that. Oh, or she did this or he did that or whatever it was. It has me thinking, man, this is going into the fifth and it's two, two, it could be three, one, 
but they've been so back and forth. Who knows? That's the way I look at my fight of the years. Is I want to know what fight. I want to see the fight really deliver on all aspects: grappling, wrestling, stand up. You know, boxing, kickboxing, all of that. I mean, a little griminess too. You know, that dirty boxing against the yep. fence. I want to see all of that. I want to see it. A couple nut shots. You know, a couple breaking of the rules. Because if they're not cheating, man, they're not trying, which means they can do more. And so that's where that's exactly where I, this was one of those fights that had a little bit of everything sloppy technique great technique good submission attempts good escapes all of that stuff and uh i thought it delivered in all aspects and the other thing is i'm a huge glover fan and him being at the age he was and to see him fight the way that he fought and uh and just just made a mistake and it costed him but it just it was great man it was a great fight it was a good fight all the way around i gotta give it my fight of the year it was absolutely one of the fights I thought about. I thought about this one. I thought about Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje. Fantastic fight. Incredible back and forth. You know, guys just putting it out there, going after it. But I didn't go with either one of them because I remembered a fight that as I was doing it, uh, I said, oh, my God, that is the one of the most incredible action-packed fights. Had everything you could think about. Had a guy that should have been knocked out. Take a look at that damn picture with the flying knee. This is a guy that showed such heart throughout this fight. I was in awe of it. Now, most people didn't even get to see it. But Alex Polizzi versus Jose Augusto from Bellator 276 was one of the most entertaining, back-and-forth, unbelievable fights between two guys that just would not quit it was remarkable and i know it's not a championship fight i know it's a prelim fight god damn it josh it was fucking <laughs> unbelievable people need to see that fight it was fun it was it had everything that you were talking about and they're never going to get the credit and that's nope. why i had to do it no, it's, I agree. It was one of those fights where they both made a ton of mistakes. They both did a lot of great things. It had yep. stand up, as you can see. And, uh, it, you know, it had some wrestling involved, had some submission attempts. It had a little bit of everything in that fight, but man, it had some big shots. Oh. Some big, big shots. Guys were getting wobbled. Guys were getting sat to their ass. Guys got flying need. I mean, it was a very, very back and forth battle all, all rounds. And if you guys don't remember Alex Polizzi and you guys didn't see this fight, let me just tell you how tough it is because how tough he is because you saw, you're seeing this knee right here to his face. But what you're going to see also, too, if you go back and watch his fight with your Romero, he broke his jaw in two places oh, yeah. in that fight and still fought the whole fight, still fought the whole fight, broke his jaw in two places. And he was still out there fighting, still fighting his ass off. So this little knee that we're seeing was nothing compared to what he took later on. <clears throat> against Yoel Romero. It was just a fantastic fight between the two of these guys. Jose Augusto, right? Yep. And then and then Alice Polizzi. Great fight. I agree with you, John. It was a, a fantastic fight. Good choice, buddy. Yeah. Remember it back. Two shabs. Remember back. See, that's the problem, man. <laughs> Can't remember back. <laughs> Can't remember shit. Well, I, you yeah. know, I look at it, like, and, and like I said, Yuri and Glover, unbelievable fight. Yeah. But they're, they're going to get the accolades. Chandler and Gaethje, they're going to get the accolades. These guys are not, and they deserve it because people need to see that fight. It was that much fun. Next. All right, next category, which is fairly self-explanatory, and it's submission of the year, and we'll start with Mr. Big John McCarthy. I, you know, submission of the year is one that I, I, 
I look at and it's it has two elements. It is, yeah, who do you do the submission on? That is a big element. I agree because I know which way my man Josh Thompson went. So I went in the opposite. <laughs> I went with the guy that went for a submission that you don't see. And you got to look at Oliver Endcamp with his modified buggy choke against Mark Lemminger. Unbelievable technique. Had Lemminger confused from the start of what was occurring, did not know how to get out, and put him to sleep with this. This was a fantastic technical submission that you just don't see very often, and that's why I picked it out as the best submission of the year. It was so good that I had to remind John months later what it was. <laughs> oh, that's not true. <laughs> you said it was – well, it, it is I a said, modified buggy I choke. I said it was a buggy choke. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a modified, but it is one. modified it, by his arms the way he put them. Yeah, the way he puts it. But just it was one of those things though. If you're a fighter and you've never been around, being stuck in a buggy choke is already difficult enough because not nope. a lot of people are being stuck there because it has to do with how who you're competing against. Does their body is their body also the capable length of, of their doing body that? exactly? Yep. And I've seen guys do the buggy choke who didn't really have the length or the flexibility. They had the That's length right. but not the flexibility and tore their knees. Yeah, because they pull too much on their calf versus linking up right behind the uh, the knee. Yeah. And so then and, and it's not a, being it's, as tight. It's a tough one. But if you if you're if you're long in. and lean, it's a great fucking submission if you're underneath. Yep. But I mean, this was something, you know, Ancamp was kind of losing the fight. Lemon yeah. was kind of starting to take over. He was doing the wrestling, was controlling the top position, avoiding the submission. And in this position here, I was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? And all of a sudden, out. And I was like, oh shit. Who is this? Yeah, was, but fantastic, fantastic. Now, look, I would agree with you that I, it was one of those submissions that catches you off guard, and you've always got to give praise to them, but I also would put that in the honorable mention category because, you know, when you're talking <laughs> you're about my over. boy, you're going you're over. talking about my boy and the <laughs> submission right. of the year, uh, you know, you, and this is you true gotta, because you've you got to look and say, look at who he did it against. Yep, Absolutely. I mean, everybody, everybody. And I mean, I still saved all the DMs from all you knuckleheads. <laughs> I got them all. I'm going to just, I'm going to post a whole hour long show of all the ones that I got of you guys calling me out. He's not submitting Charles Oliveira. He's not doing this. Well, my boy Islam Makachev absolutely dominated the fight from beginning to end. There was some, some little back, you know, some stand up back and forth, but. He did what he had to do, came out, got the takedown, right to the takedown, right to the side choke. And I called it too. I said, look, there's a couple positions that I feel like he'll really control Charles on. And that has to do with the strength, the side choke, the Kimura. And if he's able to get to your back, he'll finish you. He may attack an ankle lock here and there, but straight up, it's the Kimura and the side choke. And if he gets on your neck or your back, he, you're done. He's just so physically strong. Yeah. Um, I look at the, the reason why, obviously, I went with him, not just because it's Islam. And I know a lot of people are going to say because it's Islam. Because of all of the stuff that he had to live up to. Habib being the, the former champion, vacating the title, him following him right behind, him being the protege behind him, doing it for Habib's dad, for his father, just because it meant so much to him. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. It just, it really meant a lot to both of them for Habib to live out what his father wanted for Islam, for him to help him with that. Because they've been best friends since kindergarten, since young kids. Well, you know? do, do me a favor. You, you talk to me about this a lot and you've said it here once, but... Talk about they had this planned out. Yeah. Abdulmanap Nurmagomedov had it planned out exactly what he expected from his son, what he wanted. He wanted 30 and 0, and then he wanted him to let go of that belt, and he wanted Islam to be the guy to come in and win that belt. And it was close. It was close to what he planned. Absolutely. 
and that's it. And that's kind of what exactly where they're at. And I'm glad that it happened around this time because I think that just the look in Islam's face, the maturity between the time that I that Habib had left and the time that it took for Islam to to come in to to get in the title shot, the maturity in his face, the maturity in the way he looks at the game, the maturity in the way he uh, carries himself in that cage and also outside during interviews, he was so reserved before so afraid to to joke and have fun in interviews now you're seeing a little bit more of him and he's really opening up and, and kind of becoming you know i don't want to say a man he's always been a man but i'm saying like just kind of growing into himself just and his being who he is being who he is who he really is and being able to express it out there yeah. and for people to doubt i had no doubt that was the biggest thing with me is i had no, no doubt didn't. i i knew exactly how good he was on the ground Everyone knows how damn good his wrestling is. And I had said this for the longest time that I had seen him and Habib spar thousands of times. And outside of being the bigger brother, Islam was the better fighter. And that that's a scary situation when you think about it. Outside of that big brother feel, that Habib's my bigger brother, you know, no disrespect. And uh, like it just it carried him when they sparred. But now he doesn't have to do that. Anyone that gets in that cage is going to have a hard time with him. Yep. And I think under the circumstances, all the naysayers and all these things and go out there and to do what he did was fantastic. And for him to get it done the way he did and, and just dominate that top position once it hit the ground, it lets you know how good he is and how much the sky is the limit for him. So he goes to my submission of the year. That should be a no. no it's a good one. Most of you guys. It's a good one. <clears throat> Next. All right. Let's hop into knockout of the year and we'll start with Big John on this one. Look, at knockout of the year, you've got to go with something that is unexpected and massive in its application. And that's what you had with Michael Chandler against Tony Ferguson. Michael Chandler in this fight, I thought Tony Ferguson came out, fought a very good first round against Michael Chandler in this. He was doing well in the stand-up. A front kick is not what you normally would expect from Michael Chandler. So he comes out and he launches an attack that is not a normal thing that you see from him. And look at the results are, I can put all the other knockouts there, you know, like Pahea against, you know, Izzy. Was it, an, it was a knockout win. It wasn't a knockout like that. This one at a high level, there was no questions asked as far as, oh, was that, a, was that an early stoppage? You know, it was, he was out and he was out for a long time. I actually had concern for Tony based upon this one, but you got to give it up to Michael Chandler on this one. I, it is my knockout of the year 2022. Shouldn't surprise anyone that I'm not going with that one. <laughs> um, I mean, the reason why I wouldn't go with it is that Tony coming off of what, four or five losses and then, you know, and there was no real stakes, nothing really at stake for. Still was a great knockout. At the fight. Yeah, all right, it was a good big knockout. knockout. All right, I'm gonna go, I'm definitely gonna go with the uh, Pahea versus Izzy because he was down. He was down on the cards. He had to come out. He had to get it done in the fifth round. Um, How about comeback and for him? For him to do it, I already have a different comeback. But for him, <laughs> for him to get this fight, for him to get this fight in the fifth round, and for him to realize what all was at stake, and Izzy, all the talk saying he has he hasn't fought MMA. He he, I've grown so much. This is not this is not kickboxing. All of those things. And like I said, he doesn't have the personality to help build up these fights. He does it with his fist. You know, mm -hmm. Pahea does. So he, does. he just, he came out and was like, look, I need to get out there and get it done. He laid it all on the line. He did what every fighter should be thinking going into that fifth round when you know you're down. 
Let True. it all hang. Let it all hang out. There's, Dude, what an L's an L. Don't, don't, don't just let it go to the judges, man. Put it yeah. out there. Take the chances. And he did. He got Izzy moving backwards, put his back to the fence, and he got the finish. So to me, with everything that was at stake, the title, the talk, the, you know, I've beaten you twice before, that we've all, we also know that it's hard to beat the same guy for a third time. Hell yeah. Two times, sure, you beat him twice. You're motivated fighter. for, yeah, a good, a good fighter. fighter. You know, Kayla Harrison found out, you know, the wrong way yeah. because it's like she already it's beat a good her fighter. a couple times. And now you have a good fighter's come back. They're motivated. They want to beat you. That's right. So this was a big deal for, for him to win this title, to, to be the champ now. I I say there was so much at stake that I put this as as uh as that fight. Okay. So that that goes my award for the like what it. is it? KO of the year. I also wait, I want to do one other thing though. Is I'm gonna give honorable mention here. And I know, I know I'll probably get some flack for it, but I also, the reason why I do this is because I look at what's at stake. But I'm going to give honorable mention to my boy Paul Daly, man. He had his, he had his retirement fight this year. He's known as a knockout specialist. He fought, um, he fought someone from Pitbull's camp. I can't remember uh, his name off the top of my head. Um, but he was losing that fight, John. Yeah. Uh, he, he had gotten taken down in both fight, in both rounds, was getting dominated. By Wendell, how do you say his last name? Giacomo. Giacomo. Yeah. So Giacomo had dominated the first two rounds. And Paul Daly doing what Paul Daly does, man. He came out in the third round and just let it all hang out. And he was able to stuff the takedown, press him to the fence, made the space separation, ripped the body, then came back up over the top to the head. Yep. Just look, there's what people don't, you guys have to take into consideration when you're talking about this. This was his retirement fight. He had announced this was his retirement fight. And the first two rounds was him having his back taken and just stuck there, not being able to get away and getting dominated and realizing that my last fight of my career is going to be a fucking snooze fest. And he was so frustrated. You could see it in his face. But in that third round, like a switch between second and third round came out. It's like, just stuff the takedown, stuff the takedown. And as soon as he did that, was able to touch him with his hands, rip the body, came back up top to the head. And just a beautiful KO, beautiful KO by Paul Daly. I got to give him a ton of credit because there's so much on his mind at that moment is that he didn't want to go out that way because he's been known as a knockout artist for him to go out just in a decision by just getting his back taken or taken down. And that's yep. always bugged him when he fought John, when he fought Koscheck, when he <laughs> fought all these guys, anybody John that Fitch, would take when him he down. fought anybody that would take him down. He's fucking boring fighters. He's yelling at the, <laughs> yelling at the rest, yelling, yelling, yelling at everybody, yelling at everyone. Uh, but Paul Daly, I mean, I have to give him honorable mention just because I'm glad he was able to go out the way he went out with was which one he's known for, which is knockouts. knockouts. So good for him. Next. All right. Let's hop into that comeback of the year and let's hop over a big John McCarthy and see what's going on. Well, see, this was actually I was looking at it as knockout of the year also, but I didn't want to mm -hmm. give the same guys, you know, the. Two things in anything, so I just wanted to break it up. So I put this as my comeback of the year based upon, and I was looking at Alex against Izzy in that because it was a hell of a comeback. But if you're taking a look at all of the drama that occurred in a fight and a fight where, you know, Leon had a good first round. He had a really good first round. He won that first round against Usman, which was a big thing based upon their first fight where Usman just dominated him, took him down at will. When you saw Rocky be able to actually do well on the ground with Usman, from it was like, okay, man, he, you know what? He has improved. This is going to be that fight. And then Usman took over, and he took over, you know, in his normal fashion. He used his wrestling. 
He was dominant for three rounds straight, and he was going into that fifth round knowing he was going to be, you know, maintain that championship. He was going to walk out as the UFC welterweight champion. And Rocky launched a kick that he set up. It was not an accident. There was nothing I've heard. Oh, oh, he was lucky. No, he was not lucky. Everything that he did was part of preparation. He prepared for that moment. And when that moment came, he picked it, took hold of it, and had an unbelievable knockout win over a guy that you know many were considering the pound-for-pound pound champ at the time. That was the comeback of the year to me. Yeah. Can you look up something, though? Because I, I I remember this fight, and I can't remember if it was this year or if it was the end of last year. What, this fight? I think, I think no, 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 this different fight. This oh. I, be, I believe it was, I believe it was this year. Maybe it was December of last year. When was the Pettis and Horiguchi fight? I believe was it in Fort Lauderdale? The, I believe that that was at the end of 2021. Yes. December 3rd, 2021. December, yeah, yeah. That's what I was, that's what I thought. Okay. So look, I'm going to go with my original, <clears throat> with my original <laughs> one. I was, I was trying to remember because I, I just remembered, I was like, but look, I'm going to go with Drew Dover over Bobby Green. And, and I, I know, look, I know it doesn't have the at stake that what you were talking about with Usman and, uh, Leon, <clears throat> but I'm going to look at Drew Dover likes the exciting fights. Yeah, and he he want he's, he's calling fun. for them. He wants he wants fighters that that really bring the best out of him. And Bobby Green does that. And in this fight, he was just getting pieced up with the jab, the slick work, the talking. Everything was working against him, and yep. he just stayed focused. And he also realized too. I don't know when he went back to his corner after that first round. He came back after the second round. He realized, look, when I get him going backwards. I have a lot more success. And when I throw more than, than two and three punches, I have a lot more success. And he was he didn't do that in the first round. And no. so coming out no. and making those adjustments after getting your ass kicked in the first round, I, I got to be honest, I don't know how old he is, but he, he did a great job of making that adjustment and going out there and implementing it. I've seen fighters, myself included, just not able to change the way things are going and not able to, to, to make those adjustments Thinking on the fly is sometimes not their their area of expertise. Like me speaking English, it's just not my area of expertise. <laughs> it just it doesn't happen for some fighters. They just can't they can't activate it on the fly. They can't make those adjustments. They're stuck in their groove and they don't they don't make changes. And he was able to do it, and that change led to him getting the knockout. And that to me was a very impressive fight because on the feet, man, Bobby Green doesn't matter who you're with, or doesn't matter who he's fighting. He makes it a dogfight when he fought Fazeev. It was him in the later round. You know, yeah. landing Third the round, he won. Landing, landing the cleaner shots, doing yeah. the more damage against a world-class striker. And now you got Drew Dober out here making that adjustment and getting the knockout the way he did. Fantastic job. I'm going to say that's my uh, comeback of the year. All right, let's go. Next one. All right, let's hop into this next one here. This next one is breakthrough of the year. And so this category being someone you look at who... It start of 2022 wasn't necessarily in that in that big picture title contention uh you know amongst the top the top of the division and now at the end of 2022 has found his way and in, in, in that spot well said podcast dave i love the way you set that up because you are absolutely right it's about someone who is not even in that top 10 
and all of a sudden makes that breakthrough fight. And that's why Sugar Sean O'Malley is my breakthrough fighter of the year. Not that people didn't know about him, but he wasn't fighting for the most part the top fighters. He had had the one loss against Cheeto Vera, which you you know I would say that hey that was a top fighter. When we talked about, you know, earlier you were talking about, well, the UFC kind of handpicked. No, they handpicked a lot of his fighters. That you know, guys that were tailor made for him. Eddie Wineland, look, Eddie's a great fighter, tough dude, but he was on the last part of his, you know, ride as a fighter, and he had slowed down a lot, and so this that was a tailor made fight for him. But by taking on Peter Yan in Abu Dhabi and performing the way he did, that put Sean O'Malley in my mind as the breakthrough fighter of the year. Whether you thought he won or lost doesn't matter. He came out, he performed. He showed that he belongs, and he belongs in the division that you and I both think is the best division there is right now in MMA, and he's one of the top guys there, and he's yeah. going to be there for a long time. Yeah, I look at... Uh, I, I agree with you. He's a fantastic fighter and uh, showed a lot and made a big jump from, like I said, being ranked number 12 or 13 to number yep. 3 right away. Find the number 3 or number 2 guy. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go the opposite direction, though. I'm going to go with someone named Johnny Eblen. And Good the reason pick. why, the reason like why I'm going to go with Johnny Eblen is because even my dumbass on this show said that I didn't think he was going to beat Gegard Mousasi. And he went out there and systematically him. just picked him apart. Yeah. With on the hands, you know, in the hands, in the area where everyone, I thought for sure he'd have a hard time with him. The speed was too much of a factor. The timing of his punches was too much of a factor. Uh, his ability to mix up the wrestling with the striking was too much of a factor. People underestimate how good he is in terms of his wrestling. He's fantastic. He's just falling in love with his standup, which could get him in trouble later on. But his standup is getting a lot better. What I also love about him is his mindset. He's not taking days off. I mean, like, he's been off for a while. I know he's got his fight now coming up on CBS, you know, in the Bellator card. Um, but he, he's not taking days off. I mean, I know after after his Gegard fight a week later, not even a week later, a couple of days later, he's doing his mobility stretches. He's out there doing his exercise, his footwork, his drills with his coaches. He's doing stuff in his garage. His garage is built out so he can work out in his home. Like, he's got everything set up because this is what he wants to do. And he seems like someone that was always overlooked when he was younger. No matter what it was, and he just came out to prove everyone wrong. He's just taking that mindset into MMA. He's going to be a difficult task for anyone to beat. And um, I think for me, he's he's my breakout fighter. Now, everyone's like, oh, well, he was kind of ranked. Yeah, he was ranked high. I agree with you. He was ranked high. But when I also look at Bellator, and, I'm gonna, and a lot of people have said this, and I'm going to say the same thing. Bellator sure has great fighters in that top four to six div- uh, places. You get beyond that, though, they're not very deep. In all their weight classes. There's a couple weight classes that are a little bit deeper than others. Depends, yeah. You know, Absolutely. but when you get to six, seven, and eight, you know, they start getting a little a little bit, you know, they're just not as deep as the UFC. And the UFC has the has the the ability to do that, to go as deep as they are with their top ten, top fifteen, which we all can agree on. But I gotta be honest, like there was no way, no one thought that he was Johnny Elbin was gonna beat Gegard Musasi. And for him to do it the way he did, for him to get his wins uh previously the way he did, and this fight against Anatoly Tokov, who's thirty one and two, comes up on CBS, how he does this how he finishes this fight or how he fights this fight will really let me know and let the world know if he's here to stay or if he's just a flash in the pan. But I really honestly believe He's here to stay. I mean, he's he's got power in his hands. He's falling in love with his stand-up. He's got clean technique. He's got good footwork. He switches stances. He kicks well. He can wrestle like a motherfucker. 
And so, I mean, he's a full, he's a full package. So I'm looking forward to uh, what happens to him, but I, he's my breakout fight of the year. Good pick. I mean, he's fantastic and he's just going to be getting better and better all the time. So yeah. I agree with you. It's a great pick. Let's go. Next one. All right. Well, so that actually wraps up our picks oh, for 2022. Okay. Yeah. Right. And we, we do have some time left. So uh, I am going to put you guys a bit on the spot here Let's and just go. give you some kind of an open forum to reflect mm -hmm. on 22, look at things that happened, uh, mm -hmm. anything you want to highlight, any, um, any more honorable mentions Josh may have. And then things like uh, looking forward as well, right? We don't want to get too far forward because mm -hmm. we're going to do our weekend show that is going to be based on looking at 2023 and predictions mm -hmm. and whatnot. But, you know, things like the UFC pay-per-view pricing is going up, right? So how did how did 2022 have a positive impact in the sport in a way that, you know, things like pay-per-view pricing going up, things like... Uh, That's not positive. Cross well, well, it was positive that the sports able to dictate that, right? The, the 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 success of the sports able to dictate that. But then, obviously, other things like cross promotion, people jumping leagues, right? That was a hot thing in twenty twenty two. Um, so just general thoughts, open forum. I'll let either of you take it away. Yeah, I look at John. I look at like the future of the sport. Is I think is for me is what I really would like to talk about is. <clears throat> The co-promotions between promotions, whether it's Bellator, Ryzen, whether it's One, PFL, whether it's PFL and, and Bellator, I think if they can learn to to work together, and, and I'm not saying they need to send their best over, but look, there's not many fights, and we'll continue to go through this nonstop, is that there's not many fights at the 145-pound division. So what are we waiting for? Why are we not seeing Kayla Harrison versus Cyborg? Why are we not seeing Pacheco versus Cyborg? Why are we not seeing uh, Arlene Blakeout versus... Uh, Kayla Harrison, let's just do it. What's the point? There's no, there's the 45 pound division is it's a washed out division. I I mean, as much as I love Chris Cyborg and I know she's mad at me, she don't like me probably now and all these other things, but guess what? I'm just here. I'm here just talking about, I want to see her busy in MMA. I don't want to see her leave. She's been a pioneer of the sport. I've always loved watching her fight, but between her and Kayla and, um, Jenna Fabian and, you know, and uh, Arlene Blankow and all the other fighters that are there that are available at 140. And see, that's the thing. That's it. <laughs> Give me some other names. Like, let's just throw them into throw them into a tournament. Maybe we do a cross promotion year long tournament with the best eight that we can find and put them in there and see what be happens. Fantastic. I love be it. Fantastic. Let's just do a year long promotion and a cross promotion in that in that respect. I look at Bellator does tournaments. PFL does tournaments. Let's just run it the way one tournament between the 145 pound females and let them do it, man. That, that would be a great way to have a tournament between the two promotions. Why not? Especially in divisions where you know that there's just not enough talent to really keep this division going for much longer. Let's give them an opportunity to make a ton of money, bring in some money from sponsors and, and, and do something that's unique and different between the promotions. That's that's kind of where I'm at in that in that in that part of it with the with that female division. Now, in terms of the sport, there's so many things I could sit here and say, John. But I mean, what's what's one thing that you want? What's one thing that you'd like to see come like in terms of the sport, not the UFC, not Bellator, not not PFL and one. And I want to see what's one thing that we can make this sport bigger oh, to make it bigger. I mean, it's, it's tough to say as far as, you know, exactly. But I'm going to be honest with I still believe in, you know, being someone that was part of the rule set for this sport, you know, we, we, we put in what we could 
it comes a point where they need, it's, it still needs to be improved. And I think that the sport needs to have an improvement in rules. I think, you know, if, you know, people are watching, I really have a problem when you see fighters that, you know, they act and you see fighters all the time in North America, whatever promotion it is, doesn't matter that they get hit with something that is illegal and it's, oh, all of a sudden, you know, the, the acting is going on. But you can watch that same technique being done over in something like Ryzen and the fighter just keeps moving on because it's, hey, I know that this can happen and it's legal. And, and you go, okay, let's be honest. How do we take some of these rules that we have that limit our fighters and open it up so it doesn't, it doesn't have to go all the way to what Ryzen has or anything like that? Mm -hmm. But how do we change things up to the point where we have areas where a fighter can be need to the head when he's not in a standing position? Because I can knee him to the head when he's in a standing position. That's okay. Mm -hmm. So it should be in certain ways I can knee him to the head when he's in a grounded position depending upon what grounded position he's in. I think that's important for the sport to grow because it only opens up the sport and opens up the ability for someone to get a finish. And that's what it's about is finishing the fight. The whole elbow thing, you know, the, the, the 12 to six elbow rule has continuously been one of the dumbest rules there is because I can't hit you with this elbow coming straight up and down, but I can hit you with one with my arm going like that. There's no difference. Yeah. It's stupid. Now I've heard a whole lot of different people say, Oh boy, I'd be terrible. Come on. You're not being honest. There's things that we can do to improve the sport. I think that we should be moving in that direction to improve so the fans have a better viewing of an offensive activity that is MMA because it's offensive-based. I think it's better for the fighters. I think it's better for the officials. It's better for everyone. Let's do it. 2023, yeah. make it the year. All right, John, yeah, anything if, you want to reflect you... on? Sorry, Josh. No, it's okay. Because when you look at that 12 to 6 elbow, it's 12 to 6. If I'm laying on my back and I do that same elbow straight down, 12 legal. to 6, it's legal. Legal. So it doesn't matter whether it, it changes, whether you're on your back or on your or you're standing. If I do it 12 to 6 standing, it's illegal. 12 to 6 on my back is legal. Or 12, or 12 so to 6. If you're, if you're like, it's not 12 to 6. That, that would be 9 to 3 or 3 to 9. No, that's It's the same type of strike. Mm -hmm. Same thing. You're doing the same motion. It's just from a different <laughs> position in your body. Wow. Stupid. What else you got for us, Dave? Well, I, I, you, you hijacked my original question, so I want to give <laughs> you one did. Go ahead and say it again, Dave. Yeah, just um, looking back on the sport in 22, John, um, you know, uh, some of the things, we, some of the things we, I mentioned before were that, you know, the cross-promoting that happened, the jumping, people jumping leagues, leaving leagues, um, looking at opportunities elsewhere. Yeah. And, then, um, and I think that honestly, then, what, what you're just saying right there, that is the thing. If I want to see something, I want to see, and, you know, Josh and I talk about this all the time. Fighters, please exercise your right to look and find out what your value is. If you're a good fighter, man, you are, you are absolutely wasting sometimes the best years of your career in where you can not only make more money in this instance, but move yourself into bigger money with all promotions wanting you. God damn. 
quit being that person that has to fight because I have an ego that says I have to fight here. This prize fighting is about money. That's why we call it prize fighting. All right. We don't do this for free. If you want to go back to the amateurs, go back to the amateurs and do it for free. I'm all for it, man. If that's what you want to do, but find out what your value is. That's how you'll make more money. Signing things early and having long contracts, you, you're acting like there's some stability there. There's not. All of those contracts, I don't care whose contract it is, be it the UFCs, Bellators, PFLs, they can cut you at any time. There is no stability there. There is nothing that says, oh, I've got five fights. I've got eight fights. You've got as many fights as they want to give you. So yeah. be smart. I want to see every, guys make more money. Every one of your contracts, every single one of them, um, there was only like one or two that I've ever heard of that have a no-cut clause. That's it. The rest yep. of them are is every single fight you can be cut based off of your performance or based off of if you lost. Something you Absolutely do? Absolutely, if you lost. It's something you do because now they have that rules and regulations of yep. – of your conduct what is it yeah conduct athlete contract conduct. yep which they can deem at any point when you write something on twitter or on, on instagram or you post a video that can be deemed as they don't like that conduct and they can let you go for that um what i want to see more of not like i know we've i've i've beaten the horse dead with this whole cross promotion thing but <laughs> yeah. i i really i really believe that <clears throat> If these sports are outside of the UFC, I would love for the UFC to be involved. I would absolutely love. Oh, it. absolutely! But outside of the UFC, if these other organizations could all get together and say, "Hey, you know what? I have a really good 135 pound division. Can I trade you one of my 160 pound or 155 pounders for your 135 pounder because I'm doing a tournament or I'm doing this and I want to build this up a little bit more?" Give me this guy and I'll give you this guy because, and I know maybe it's not a fair trade. Maybe I'll give, a, I'll give you a little cash or whatever as a signing bonus or whatever. I don't know. I'm yeah. just being honest. That's how these deals are done in the NFL. They're done in the NBA and Major sure. League Baseball. Hey, if you're my guy's a little bit less than your guy, why don't I just pad you up a little bit with, you know, $200,000 or 80000 or whatever it is that you need? Something along those lines because, look, they're about to jump into this whole thing with at one at 155 for, for Bellator. And I, I'm just going, I would love to see um, Soza Satoshi. come over. Satoshi's come over and fight, even though he just lost to AJ. But I'd love to see him in, enter this tournament. Here's another guy. And I know they just signed him. But they don't have a lot of great guys at 155. Is I'd love to have Shane Burgos come over and fight at 155 in the Bellator tournament. Oh, yeah. If we could find a way, and then we'll trade you. I, mean, <laughs> I, I understand what I'm saying, but I, I would say... Take Cyborg for your tournament. We'll take Shane. You take Cyborg. Wow. Now, right. now, you, now you really know why Cyborg doesn't like you. No, I'm you just, just trading her. No, no, I'm not trading her. <laughs> why don't we just do a swap? Why don't we You're let your a fighter swap enter? for a certain amount of time? Yeah, we can do that. Just say, hey, let your fighter enter. That's almost like cross-promotion. Like, hey, why don't you let your fighter enter, and we'll let our fighter enter your tournament, and we'll see what happens at the end. Different rule sets. Different, you know, I mean, I know they're all kind of the same judges. But just different, different uh, scoring, different that type of something to be looked at. It really is something to be looked at. I just, I think if we, if they want to gain it all on ground on the UFC, they've got to start thinking outside the box. All of these promotions, yes. And I agree. The, the one, the one problem that I see with one championship is that 
their weight cutting system will be an issue if we were ever to cross promote with them because their fighters are not really 125 and 135 you know and they're not 165 185 and you look at you look at some of their fighters that are fighting like they're not really that weight class so if they were to come they couldn't make that weight and so that's the problem that I have a little bit dealing with them I would love to have some of their fighters come over and fight whether it was Bellator or whether it was PFL or wherever it was but they're going to have a hard time we're going to have a hard time involving them with their weight the way that they do their weight cutting that's it. That's that's where I see the problem will lie. Not just the weight cutting, but I'm sure there's other obstacles to jump through as well with them. But that's the problem that I see mostly. Because when you see Sage Northcutt, when he went over there and he fought Cosmo, I was like, they didn't <laughs> even look like they fucking were in the same world of the same weight class. <laughs> and, and, like, look, and and Sage Northcutt is put together like a brick shit house. Yep. And he looks small. Yeah. I mean, small comparatively. Yeah. You know, and, and that's it. It is a problem, but it, it's. They have their system and and they're going to stick with their system and it's fine. I would love to see one is, you know, in the cross promotion type things, but I don't know. I I just look at it and I think, you know, like you're saying, it would be cool if you could just like, even if you traded fighters for just the tournament, Mm -hmm. put on, put on that 145 pound tournament over in PFL Mm -hmm. with the women or put that tournament on in Bellator, you know, either way, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I mean, because you could, we could honestly say, even if even if Cyborg went over there and didn't fight uh, in the tournament, because Kayla's came out publicly and said, "I'm not fighting in the, in the tournament anymore." Yeah, no, so no, she's no. gonna come out. Why don't you just do the super fight, make it your yeah. guys' main event, put it on, put it on a pay per view, and you work a deal out with you work a deal out with Bellator on however you guys split the pay per view or however whatever the deal is. I, I don't think they're gonna do a pay per view again after the ten thousand views they got last time. No. Uh, I think they're done with that. Uh, but I'm, I mean, like, go ahead and put that out there and put it on. See if you can get it on a main channel, whatever. It's on ESPN. Maybe they'll get more views because Chris is on there meeting with Kayla. Maybe it's the fight that, you know, and you, whatever. We borrow Shane for the tournament. And we see how it works out. I mean, I'm just thinking outside the box. Now, obviously, this is so far-fetched, guys. I'm really just, I'm thinking <laughs> out loud. But, I mean, if if we want to see the sport itself grow, we're going to have to start seeing these other promotions think outside the box like that. Some trades. I mean, just straight across trades. Like, hey, I want this fighter for this fighter. You know, and if it's not an equal trade in, in what they're looking for, maybe you say, okay, give me a little cash on it too. Something like that. Or another fighter. Or, or another fighter. Yeah. Somebody that might, you know, somebody that might be coming up or someone who has some miles on them yep. that, you know, like, but hey, still has a little bit of name recognition. Let's go ahead and yep. make that trade. Now I get two fighters for the price of one, whatever it is. You know, uh, but I did want to address this. There was one thing uh, yesterday on Twitter. Someone had said that, Oh, I'd love to see the trade for AJ McKee and Max Holloway. And I just said, and Peter Queeley came out and said publicly too, he's like, not a good trade for Bellator. You know, you should keep AJ. And I, I, I had to agree. I agree. And it's no matter how much I love Max Holloway, I love him to death. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Fantastic. Not just one of my favorite fighters right now. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Um, it's not a good trade. And the reason being, and I, I said this on through social media, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like, go hard on the paint on everyone that was criticizing me for it. But there was a lot of people that, a lot of people that agree with me as well. Did you have a fighter who I know that max is only what 31, 32 years old, but he's got a lot of miles on him, a lot of miles. And he cuts a lot of weight. AJ's 27 years old, you know, and he's still just getting, not accepted hardly any damage, hardly any damage. His style doesn't really allow him to accept damage. He delivers the damage and he gets out. You're supposed to fight. 
Yes, and that's the way that he fights. Max prides himself on taking a shot and giving a shot. How much longer can you have a fighter fight like that? You know, against guys, especially at the 145 pound division when you're tucking it about at Bellator and also UFC. How, how much longer can he do that? And why would I give up a 27 year old who has his whole prime ahead of him and then potentially could be the champion at 55 and has the body frame that could potentially go up to 70? He's so big, AJ McKee. He's tall. He's so fast, so explosive, you know, and he's used to training with guys like Joey Davis, who yeah. are just phenomenal wrestlers, athletic as hell. And, and Joey's coming back, man. Joey Davis yeah. coming back. And so with that being said, like, I, I don't think it's a good trade. No matter how much I love Max, um, I think that it, it just wouldn't be a good trade. I'd rather have the younger. If, I, if I'm running a promotion, maybe I'm wrong, John. Do you agree with me? If no, I'm running a promotion, I, I, I'm I trying to keep the you. young guy. And I agree with you. Look, I love Max Holloway. I think one of the most entertaining fighters there is out there in the sport today. He's fantastic. But I do look at the fact of, you know, I comp I always compare fighters to cars. You can only crash that car so many times before it doesn't run very well. And uh, Max has had a lot of accidents. Now, he's come out on top in a lot of those accidents. But how long can that car maintain at that level? based upon that damage it's tough you know he might go on for years but he might break down you know in only one or two and that you never know and when you look at aj i look at a guy yeah he's got one loss he's he, he accepted no damage in that loss you know the worst thing that's ever happened to him is think is a cut you know yeah you know, well, he hurt his yeah. knee in the campos fight yeah but that Maybe was fixed yeah. and so yeah, that's yeah, you know fixed. that's one of those ones i look at it's like yeah but really, no, you know, what I look at, you know, and I've said it before, you start getting, you know, hit with big shots, you get knocked out, you get concussed, you get three concussions. Hey, everything starts to change for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not an easy thing to just work your way through. You've got to do the right things and working your way through those, you know, problems and stuff. And it changes you as a person. It changes you as a fighter. And that's why we're saying like AJ, he hasn't had any of that. So it would be a tough, that would be a tough trade for me to do. No. Uh, you got anything else for us there, Dave? No. Do you guys have any closing remarks, thoughts uh, that you want to add for 2022 before we wrap this thing up? I thought it was a good year. I thought overall it was a good year. You saw some of the old stallions come back, Glover Teixeira, against young guys like Yuri Prochaska. I mean, there was, uh, you know, Jan Blahovich being the champion and then losing it to, you know, to Glover. I mean, it was kind of the year of the older guys making a resurgence. I mean, Yoel Romero made his resurgence back yep. after he was able to put the weight back on. When he came over to Bellator and he fought Phil Davis, he fought at 205. He hadn't been fighting at 205. Now, I know he, when he fought Phil Davis, he looked a little bit like, kind of like a little soft around the midsection. He didn't look his normal ripped and shredded self. He also thought it was wrong. a five-round fight. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which from now on it is because of that. Which, yeah, and so way to go. Yeah, but with with him also is that you look at him now at two hundred five, he's really filled in to be in two hundred five. Yeah, and so his body looks he's put on a little bit more chest and upper body. His legs look a lot thicker than they did, and they were already thick as hell. And so now he's just really filled in and not allowed himself to get back down to 85. He's talked about making a run back down to 85. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea either at 44 years old, 45 years old, something like that. But it was a resurgence, I think, for the older fighters this year. They look good. They fought, they fought well. Um, 
You know, um, like look, I look at certain fighters that just they, it seemed like there was comeback years. You have Yoel, you've got Yawn, you've got uh, Glover, you had Charles Oliveira. I mean, like he was considered for a while just washed away, and then he just started getting wins, started getting wins, became champion, and then just had great performances against guys. There was fighters that just had these resurgence, and um, I, it's always good to see because you know we went through that phase where it was Dan Henderson. You know, when he was 46, I think is when he retired. And then yeah, ran a tour, 47, 48, I think when he retired. 48. Um, you know, a lot of these fighters that, that we were used guys. to. The Oda Machida, he went through it a little bit. You know, he's 42 or 43. <laughs> 42, 43. So I look, at, I look at those fighters that had some resurgence during that time. But, you know, it's good to see them getting back on track and them having some success. I thought 2022 overall was a great year for the sport. I thought if you take a look at some of the big fights that occurred, I thought some of the UFC's big shows were they lived up to what it was supposed to be, which is not easy to do. When you put that big card together, you know, it's always going to be that, oh, well, we were expecting more. And and the cards really delivered. They had some of their smaller cards, which we always say we didn't expect much, and it was a lot of fun. It was great. Bellator had some great cards when they really tried to put, you know, those big ones together, they were fun. You know, PFL had some really good shows. They had some, you know, fun shows. You know, their pay-per-view, I didn't think it was going to do too well. It's just, you know, it's, it wasn't the time to do it. But obviously they had investors that they've given a, a time plan to, and they, they had to go with that timeline. And so it's understandable. I thought 1FC, it really came on with some really great fights and, you know, trying to get the U.S. market to look more at them. So overall, I thought the sport, it's growing. You know, it's obviously it's still young and there's a long ways to go with things, but overall the level of fighters and what they do and how they do it now, I hate to say this to you, brother, but there's so way much better, better than, now. Oh, so they're way better, better than now. they're way better than we were. Yep. Absolutely yeah. way better. Yeah. They're just the level. Young. You know, what's really grown though, John is the level of, uh, of wrestling. And the level of wrestling mixed in with the transitions of the sambo, and then mixed in with their tra- mixed in with their cardio. Yeah, wrestlers before would wrestle, 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 get tired, and then start to wilt a little bit, either get knocked out or just ink out a win by holding people down. Early on, no, no, no. Now you've got the Sarukians and the Gamrots and the these Tot and Johnny Eblins that can just wrestle you for five rounds. They don't care. I'll just take you down. I'll dominate you from all positions. These guys, they're a different level. They're a different level than what we were when we were younger, when I was younger. Yep. Um, but that's to be expected. That's the way this sports should be. Because they've going. learned it's from going, you. It's going in the right direction. And I'm right. I'm super appreciative that I see these guys like the Saruki and the Islam Islam and uh little Umar Namagomedov. I've known Umar since he was nineteen years old. <laughs> and to see like the growth and to watch him train and to see how Yeah, he's a man now, there's now. a difference. He's full on just a fucking stone cold killer right now, man. Yeah. And so, uh, I just saw a video, and I just saw clips of him uh, training with uh, Apache Mix, and you know, and the two of them are going to be great it. training partners. No, the two yeah. of them are going to be great training partners. I think coming up in the future, um, they're fantastic together, man. They work and try. It's fantastic to watch these guys. Yep. Um, look, overall, um, I, I'm like I agree with you, John. I'm super impressed with the uh, with the way the sport's going. The like you said, with one being on Amazon Prime now, uh, Bellator going to CBS. That's coming up February fourth in in LA. Uh, you know, 
I know the PFL tried the tried the uh, pay per view. It didn't work out. But yeah, but what? they're on ESPN. They're still on ESPN. doing good. Exactly. So I think when we start. When they start figuring each other out a little bit more, hopefully we start seeing some trades, which will also get a lot more coverage to help pump up each organization. Every time they do a trade between each other, it gets buzz. People start talking about it. I mean, it, I think that'll help spark more interest. That'll help build up more media. More That'll heart start getting the casual fans start paying attention to, oh, shit, Shane Burgos went here. Oh, shit. You know, uh, DJ went here. Oh, shit. You know, so-and-so went here. It's something to really take a look at if these other organizations can start doing some trades, you know, and, uh, and a couple little cross promotions or lend you a fighter for your tournament, lend me your fighter for your, our tournament. We'll That's go it. from there. That could That's really it. change the game and really put eye more eyes on this sport. That's going to wrap us up for this show. It's our midweek show, and uh, we've got a big show coming up for you this weekend as well. But, uh, Big John, take us away, bud. For everyone out there, hope you uh, have your picks for 2022 and what you thought were the best fighters, knockouts, comebacks, all that good stuff. Hope you enjoyed what we had to say. I'm sure you have your own opinion, and that's good because that's the way it's supposed to be. So, everyone out there, we will see you.